0: Welcome to the Rewind Movie Podcast.
1: We heard this noise like a boom, and when we looked, there was this cloud of smoke. That was the explosion. One minute they were having a wonderful time, and the next... You have no idea what could have caused this. I don't know what could have done that.
0: The Fallen Review will contain spoilers, and may contain strong language. I know that dolphins communicate. I mean, they send signals. You don't think that if a
1: shark was destroyed, that another shark could could come
2: in?
0: Sharks don't take things personally, Mr. Bodie. Today, as part of our Jaws series, we'll be discussing Jaws 2, starring Roy Scheider.
1: Larry, for Christ's sakes, I not only have this attack, but I've got I've got two water skiers who have a tragedy, but a boating accident. No fin, no sharks, nothing but a
0: boating accident. Murray Hamilton.
1: In these waters that never turn up, are they all shark victims?
0: And Joseph Muscola.
2: Look, Brody, you started a panic on a public beach. You shot up the damn place. God knows who you could have injured. And what if somebody decides to sue us? Did you ever stop to think about that? It could ruin us.
0: Directed by Schwark. Still What's the Schwarcz. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Rewire Movie Podcast. Her bedroom window faces my eldest boy's bedroom window. And she's teasing him. She's dancing. She's dancing around in a towel. It's Galley in Glasgow.
2: Wave to my son. It's Devlin in London. I'm thin. I wear glasses. I live in Amity Island year-round. I'm not good enough for her. It's Matt in South
0: Korea. Welcome back, gang. And welcome back, listeners. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Yes! I went there. I went there with the famous tagline, which I used to think was from the original Jaws. But no, no, it's not. It's from this one, Jaws 2. Did you guys know that? Was it just me who was fooled by marketing and Universal burying the sequels?
2: Well, there was a lot of confusion blending the first two. I, I noticed that when I was a kid, I, I used to mix them both up. They kind of became synonymous at one point before my brain fully formed.
0: Yes, yes. Well, my brain is also fully formed and I have used it to watch this movie and think and talk about (laughs) it. So, listeners, today we are doing Jaws 2. If you haven't noticed, listeners, we're going to run the whole gambit on the series. Reason being, one, we love a series. We love starting one. We never like finishing them. And two... I think there is a lot to be learned from Jaws, as a as a as a, as an IP, when you look at modern cinema and the way that IP is spread out, you know, like pasta, like stretched, and you can imagine the Jaws TV show yeah. that would be made now. It's interesting as as a as a run
2: of sequels and seeing how this one in particular evolved.
0: In my head, Matt, I was thinking about. You know we're still running through our l v r m p series that's the alien and predator but in- in particular I was thinking about alien when I was thinking about jaws mm. and there are some commonalities, but there are also some very big differences, some might say in quality I don't know, mm. but we'll get hmm. into it. I will start though with with you Devlin uh first experiences with with jaws two no title after <sighs>
1: Jaws 2, full stop. I saw Jaws 2 as a kid. I could not tell you when I first saw it as a kid. I think this was one of the many, many examples whereby the sequels would get uh, uh, rinsed on British public television. And the original would be actually a lot harder to come by. So I was very familiar with Jaws 2 as a kid. And bits and pieces of it without ever really having any fixed idea of a specific viewing uh the last time i watched it i remember was with you in leeds that was uh the last time i've seen any of jaws 2 um and bits and pieces of it from that viewing are very clear uh because i remember we had a lot of discussion about it at the time um so yeah and um jaws 2's just kind of always been Around, I have no kind of real fixed opinion on it. I'm actually way more familiar with the the, the following two sequels. So, uh, Jaws two's always been a little bit of an anonymous kind of outlier, sort of sitting in the middle there, which is a bit unusual. But um, how about you, Matt? Uh,
2: I watched them all endlessly, apart from three as a kid, which did nothing for me at all on my first viewing. So much so that I've never returned to it, in spite of Dennis Quaid being a bit of a childhood hero. Um, even Jaws: The Revenge got some serious play on our VCR. Uh, I had a green jacket like the one the chief wears when he goes out at the end to stop the kids from from uh, sailing, and uh, when they're on their way to the the lighthouse. Um, th- this one, to me, always felt the closest to the original for obvious reasons. They're both seventies. Both have Roy Scheider. Uh, Ellen is there. Hendrix is there. The mayor's back. Bad Hat Harry is back. That woman, I don't know her name. She's back, the old lady in the in the committee <laughs> meeting, um, and not to mention the behind the scenes crew that I had no idea about. Really, I didn't know about John Williams when I was a kid. I didn't know about uh, Joe Alves and uh, uh, everyone that returned, in, uh, Zanuck Brown, and and all, all you know the original OGs of Jaws. Um I, I think it was a case that th- the film was going to be made by someone, so. We're going to go ahead and, and do it ourselves. Somebody's going to make this thing. So they capitalized on it. And, uh, you know, so the, all, all those people returned, but I, I, as a kid, I was saying to galley just before we recorded, like, it's hard to tell where, you know, these films begin and end as a kid because you just accept them. It's like if Roy Scheider's back, then the chief's back and you just buy it. You just go straight into it. But when it came to three, uh, it, it was a bit too distanced for me. And I, I, uh, Struggled with that one, but one and one and two I watched, um, very often. Uh, so this, this will be an interesting revisit. Gally, how about you?
0: Kind of similar backstory to, to Devlin really. Uh, seen it because of the accessibility on, you know, on British television. Uh, I guess when the original comes on TV, it feels more like an event. If Jaws 2 was on, it would be on at like 11 PM. Yeah. And I'm Mm. still awake because I'm young and I do not want to sleep. Plus, I didn't need to sleep then. So I could watch it and then get up at 6 a.m. and go to school. No problem. That doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) But yeah, the last time I saw it was in Leeds with you, Devon. And we did have a strong discussion. We may as well get into it now before we get into story time. We discussed it and we'll go into it in a little bit more depth, listeners, after story time. I think we were both because we were in a in a headspace where essentially it doesn't really matter what film we're watching we were looking at things from a technical perspective
1: yeah we were we were real real try hard wankers at the time even more so than
2: now <laughs> We were very, we were very hyped. Really, I I picture you just having fun in your slug basement and enjoying it.
1: We did, but there would, there would be little triggers every now and then that would get us. Could you pause it and have a chat?
0: Well, imagine me, Matt, watching a movie with Devlin and then going, they crossed the line.
1: Well,
2: there are a couple of technical, yeah. uh, issues here that you may have spotted on, on that's, the first view.
1: That's, what would get us. We were, we were very, um, very cinema sins and especially I was at least very, super cinema Well, sins your camera department too as, as regards, well. So
2: you're, you're going to see all kinds
1: as of as regards cinematography fuck ups. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times when I love seeing the entire film crew reflected in the door <laughs> of a car. I love it because I know that that's really hard to do. The the cars driving past the crew. They figured the car would be dark enough that you wouldn't mm-hmm. see it. You were wrong. You didn't realize until you got the rushes back. Don't worry about it. But Galley, this is the scene you're talking about, right? Oh, uh, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm assuming it's a hair, but it could be a it could be a stringy curly one from down below that's on, on the lens in one of the scenes. pub in the gate <laughs> stays on the yeah, literally the whole scene. <laughs> it was the 70s.
1: Suffice to say, there there are some. Uh, um, a few wonky technical camera problems that are surprisingly um, noticeable for a film of this scale, of which it was an extremely expensive mm. film.
0: And the cinematographer, if I remember, we, what he'd done before, Michael Butler. He... Cannonball
2: Run and uh, Smokey and the Bandit 2, I think. Oh,
0: Smoking the Bandit, 2 yeah. So well shot. It was <laughs> just, it blast. was just surprising. It was surprising, but then I remember we had a discussion about, oh, well, maybe he's a bit older and his eyes out, and also you didn't get feedback <laughs> then, so you were you were very much dependent mm-hmm. on the cinematographer spotting stuff. Mm. It you sat
1: know? right in the middle of. of I always liked Colombo, but Galley was a huge Colombo fan, and at university that was when I basically ran I ran the entire run of Colombo with mm. him and uh we noticed that columbo was rife with really basic camera errors and it's because they were shooting on 35 mil and they were shooting fast very 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 yeah. fast and there was a uh um i think we discussed it on the misfits episode where it's um there was an episode whereby Colombo is having a full-blown conversation with the entire camera <laughs> yeah, it's, in yeah, shadow it's, it's, on it's, his jacket yeah. <laughs> A whole outline <laughs> of the camera, matte box, and everything, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on?" This shot is going yeah. for ages, and we saw that Russell Metty had been the, the cinematographer on that episode, and he was the cinema, uh, cinematographer on The Misfits, yeah. which is a film that I absolutely adore. He was an older guy still under contract. It was like, "Fuck it, give it to Russell." It's only Columbo who cares.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, my, my only excuse for this w- that I managed to find in the research was that they rushed it through. It was, it was a, a real, a real rush to get this one in the can. And you can see it in all areas. Like my favorite mistake is one of the more obvious ones, where you can actually see into the the mouth of the shark, and you can see all the hydraulics and and things, and the, and the teeth look like they're made of rubber and they're, they're moving, moving around. And the shark's sort of a crushed head. Uh, it's kind of peculiar, but yeah. they they spent all day on that shot and and they got the timing right, but the shark looked dreadful. So, you know, the, the, some of these technical things happen, don't they, when you're rushing it through?
0: They do, they do, and most of the time they wouldn't matter, but I guess it's just because of how blatant they are. The the one that really got me, I don't know why I haven't saved this but the one that we both, I think we paused the film, was the, and I I think the reason why it triggered me at that young age was because it is aping the great shot that I spent a lot of time in the Jaws episode talking about, which is the old visual wit shot Mm -hmm. where Brody looks out to see he knows what he needs to do Mm -hmm. they do the similar thing but the tracking shot from Brody's head to this to the ocean it's it's yeah. like someone someone trips up then layout out to wrap the focus they're doing it all in the in the, in the pan yeah. and then yeah. then the pan jerks <laughs> then then, yeah. it, then it eventually gets to the sea the entire sea goes time, out
1: of focus so and then bad. snaps back into mm-hmm. focus and then we zoom
0: in on just a random bit of sea doesn't quite land as I'm sure the director wanted but, uh, you know, the cinematographer would not have wanted it to be like that. But again, Matt, if it's rushed, maybe maybe only, and we we can discuss Roy, maybe Roy was like, I'm doing it once, (laughs) and then I'm not doing
2: it again. You know, I have to say a lot of those things, all of those Specific ones we just mentioned were, were not in my awareness at all when I was a kid. I just let all of yeah, that go. So that this is a, a rewind, revisit under the microscope thing, but uh, that's what Ooh. we have to do. Unfortunately, we have to look at it in that kind of depth.
0: We do. We're contractually obliged, yeah. just like Roy. I, I also <laughs> went crazy we in a it...
2: hotel room just before this as well to try and get out of it, but <laughs> yeah. Galley made me, made me do it.
0: Keen ear listeners will recognize that Devlin is back for Jaws too and wasn't on the original. It's because I've finally evoked some of the contractual obligations <laughs> because he was going to, going to duck out this one as well. We almost got yeah, Dennis yeah. Quaid and
1: We almost got Randy Quaid.
0: <laughs> Hello, oh. boys.
1: It's going to do this whole podcast in a, uh, in a Rupert Murdoch mess.
0: <laughs> We've got a very, very, uh, keen, uh, HR department and uh, getting your dick out during the recording is not something that we accept on the show. Mm. So, unfortunately, Randy was uh, was removed. So, we got Devlin back. him in the right. pants, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No wonder the aliens dropped him off. <laughs> anyway. So, Matt, mm. will you remind us and the listeners of the plot to Jaws 2, full stop?
2: When two sightseeing divers investigate the wreck of the orca, Quint's sunken vessel from the first film, they are seemingly munched by a car carried in a great white their underwater camera handily snapping a handful of candid pictures exactly as they are devoured meanwhile the wiry tantastic short shorts adorned New York City cop Chief Martin Brody rushes to attend the Holiday Inn Amity Shore's Grand Opening Ball Benefit followed by a drunken fool around date with his wife Ellen as per usual we meet our teenage day sailing crew among others the Chief Sons Michael and Little Sean Miss Amity Tina Wilcox (laughs) Aruka. <laughs> Martin and her handsome rubbish guitar playing beau Eddie, a couple of lonely virgins and at the drive in impersonators, Doug and Timmy, <laughs> annoying <laughs> Ralph Malve meets fat Art Garfunkel clone, Andy, Howard Wolowitz from the Big Bang Theory lookalike, Bob, Junior Vaughn, the hothead son of the mayor, Brooke Peters, a uh, curly haired girl. And Jackie, her hot cousin.
0: Oh, cousins. (laughs) A vision in brown corduroy.
2: (laughs) When a water skier suspiciously vanishes, the flare-brandishing driver of the boat is cooked to death in her own petrol. The boat exploding like a 4th of July firecracker, the chief begins to suspect foul play. A killer whale with really big bites taken out of it washes up on the white sandy beach and Brody becomes convinced another shark was responsible. But he's assured that sharks don't take things personally. In preparation for another big fish, the chief injects sodium cyanide into the shell casings of his police revolver. As Brody is riding his shark-spotting tower, he glimpses a large shadowy mass beneath the water and recklessly fires round after round of his poison dip bullets wildly into the ocean, screaming at bathers, ushering them out of the water, and shooting up the damn place! But after realizing it was merely a school of bluefish, he is humbled before the townspeople and begins to question his stance and perhaps his sanity. The diver's camera photographs are developed revealing what appears to be a black eye like a doll's eye, an abstract eye of a great white. But when Brody takes the pictures to Vaughan and Amity's collective community council, it promptly gets him the sack. Sean blackmails Michael into taking him along on his teenage drink and sale with his buddies to the lighthouse Eddie and Tina's saucy day sailing is scuppered and when the sh sh, sh- shark crashes headfirst into the boat and devours Eddie before her very eyes leaving her in a catatonic state Chief Hendricks and Ellen discover Tina's joy drifting and the petrified girl confirms it was in fact a killer shark that scoffed Eddie The kids are attacked. Marge gets gobbled up, traumatizing a young Sean. Mike ends up concussed and is taken back to shore, where help can be summoned to retrieve the remaining stranded broken boats. The chief accidentally snags a power line as the circling monster threatens Sean. Brody heroically climbs out onto the power line with a dinghy and distracts the beast by beating on the power line with a wooden oar. When the great white heads straight for him, opens its mouth and says, Ah! Brody backs off, leaving the creature to gnaw through the power line, electrocuting itself into a fiery mess, and sinks dying into the cold ocean. Flame grilled, with smoke coming out of its eyes. And all's well that ends well.
1: Cooked in her own petrol was <laughs> earnest especially. It's odd the way she pours that
2: onto bones. her own torso, isn't it? It's very strange.
0: Oh, I slipped. <laughs> I, I, I must confess there were there were two moments, um, that made me laugh out loud uh, in my rewatch. Uh, one was her kind of pseudo-suicide. Very Harold
2: and Maude, isn't it? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's good. She just wants attention, if anything. Yeah, it's
0: kind of fantastic. And my the second one is when the old lady says, um w- one minute, they were having a great time. Yeah. And, then, and then... But does not actually say what then happens, yeah. And then Chief Brody immediately jumps to... Mm that's a shark <laughs> yeah
2: that is preposterous
0: I, I, I am glad though that uh the filmmakers here didn't name the shark a la paul ws emerson's predators um because yeah. you know...
2: behind the scenes though it was called uh Bruceette. Mm, the yes. female bruce Stop. quite lame but yeah there was i was just Gosh. telling galley there's a, an, an awful theory that it was the pregnant uh wife of the shark from the first movie and uh that's why the shark's bigger, because female sharks are big, bigger, bigger than males or something.
0: <laughs>
1: did finish, Did finishing that sentence, like, yeah. cause you my, actual distress? My
2: soul sort of escaped my body there, sorry.
0: <laughs> I want to get straight into something that we've discussed before, because, you know, we have done some big sequels on the show. You know, we've done Predator 2. We've done Aliens, which, you know, a lot of people like that movie. Um, but we've also... We've also done Young Guns 2, Mm, colon, colon blaze of glory. So we know what we're talking about, do we? Probably not. But interesting, isn't it, how attitudes towards sequels have evolved. 1970s, after Jaws, mega hit. I'm pretty sure that they were not planning to make a sequel. Right, Matt?
2: Uh, Not when the first was produced. No, I don't think they had any idea it would be such a, a smash. yeah.
0: But the law of diminishing returns was the attitude, right? You Mm. know, get it out there quick whilst Mm. it's prevalent in the public consciousness. Mm. Make some money. It doesn't need to be any good. Now, we can discuss whether Jaws 2 is any good. But the idea that the sequel will not bring in as much money, we've discussed before, Mm. right, Devlin? Whereas now weirdly that's kind of reversed you know if the sequel doesn't make yeah. as much it is an immediate failure you go well, it's,
1: yeah. well, it's made money you're, you're expected to escalate as the series goes on whereas yeah it used to be that you know like i don't know i'm thinking like 70s even into the 80s like
0: french connection 2 didn't do as well as french connection another roy sharder one there <laughs> although french connection i i think is comes under the category of like uh
1: it's a good sequel yeah, it's like, a good sequel the, the, I'm perhaps just saying. The, they yeah. they 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 had probably a slightly clearer idea of what they wanted to do also that kind of thing you can sequel because it's a, a crime drama there's more to kind of get yeah. from it i think there's something kind of there's something that's uniquely as uh, after you've just said about the 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 soul destroying theory of a, a pregnant revenge shark yeah there's not much, it's so you're just gonna send a, the shark's dead, so you're gonna send a different shark to the exact same location to mm-hmm. deal with the exact same people. It's, it's not, um, it's not a concept that calls out for a sequel, but it's a tremendous financial success that demands more money. So yeah. they had to feed the beast.
2: If you want the Brodies back, which they did, they felt like mm-hmm. that was the commercial tie and people want to see that family again. We know that, there's going to be a shark in it, otherwise it's not Jaws 2. So once you've got a chief yeah. and the shark, it becomes preposterous that, what, are we going to do it again? Yeah. Like it's going to do... But you have no choice. If you want those two things, mm-hmm. this is what you get.
0: It's interesting you say that, because I would have thought the drawer is the shark. I know, I, I listen, I get Jaws. We have discussed it. It's a classic. I think we all agree. You're not going to be able to replicate that, because you're not going to get the three characters, because one, Quince... He's fucking chomped. He's he's done. Yep. Hooper, he's he's out at sea, <laughs> as we yeah. know in this movie. Yeah, with his uh, that was Matt Hooper, was it? I couldn't hear. His, uh, win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but you know, you you know, you're not going to get the trifecta back. No, I'm gonna, I'm kind of going straight into my sandwiches. But we discussed in the original, Brody's trauma wasn't that sharks were about in the original, but he has a fear of the ocean. He overcomes this fear of the ocean. Mm. And he overcomes it, and it is celebrated. Yeah, the scream of joy when he kills the shark. Then he seems okay with paddling back.
2: Yeah, his li- his line is, "I used to hate the water."
0: Yes, mm. I used to hate the water.
2: He has exercised the demons.
0: Yeah, but yeah. now, na- but now he's revisiting it. But he's already there. You know, when we meet Brody in this movie, he appears to be. He's always a big drinker. But mm. he seems to be drinking mm. a bit more a little bit more he likes to smoke cigarettes more mm-hmm. he's yeah. a bit more schlobbier you know he for, what, for whatever he was in the first movie i said he was a bit clumsy and a bit of a goof but he wasn't bad at his job whereas no. in this they are they are placing him as being not fit to be the chief anymore he's
2: pissed off because he doesn't seem to get any credit for saving the entire town from this creature they're all treating him terribly
0: that becomes the other problem, doesn't it? You know, this town seems to have forgotten yeah. that there used mm. to be a shark that killed people yeah. in the town.
2: At one point, the mayor says to him, doesn't he say something? Oh, no, not this again.
0: It's like, well, he was right yeah. the
2: first time. If he was wrong, <laughs> yes, then you yeah. could say that, but
0: come yeah. on. Do, do, do you remember, yeah. do you remember May when he was like, my, my kids were in that pond?
2: <laughs> but, yeah. but he
0: seems to have forgotten all of that. And, yeah. Listen, I get it. You know, you're, you're in a, you're in a corner as a writer. Hmm. But I hmm. feel like it's a bit of a half-assed attempt until we get to the stuff that I think the movie is more interested in, which is stalk and chase the teens. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting kind of dichotomy between let's do some let's bring back what the audiences want, which is norm was normally the way of the sequels, right? Give them more yeah. of what they want, make mm-hmm. it bigger. Bigger in this equals let's get an explosion. 15 minutes in
1: yeah you mentioned um uh uh, being written into a corner um so i only looked a little into the origins of how this sequel came to pass as in what the original plans were now some i don't know if you guys maybe have a little more information on this but um so i know that the 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 production went uh uh was was greenlit obviously because it was the biggest hit in cinema history i guess at that point
0: yeah mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. um and um strangely they hired the director john d hancock john d hancock made a uh, let's scare jessica to death which is brilliant uh but a very strange film a very strange film to see to to watch that which is a very small very kind of european uh, it's seeming kind of nightmare logic early 70s horror movie a psychological horror movie And that the original idea that he had was that there was going to be an Amity Island that was economically depressed because it's a seasonal town and that the shark attacks had destroyed its reputation. Mm -hmm. And so the town was going to be a little bit of a ghost town. There's going to be shutters over the businesses. The mayor was still going to be in charge, but he was going to be really uh, beleaguered. He was going to be kind of uh, um, under a lot of kind of pressure to try and kickstart the town again. The Amity Shores Hotel development was going to be quite central. Uh, because this was obviously the the attempt at rejuvenating the thing, and there was mm-hmm. going to be a lot of a kind of um, there were going to be some kind of local political machinations, probably more than we ended up with. Um, and John D. Hancock actually shot. They got to the point where they were they were cameras were rolling, and then he was abruptly fired. The uh, he was fired, kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back. Apparently is. That he fired an actress who was the mistress of a high ranking universal executive. Yeah. Is that right?
2: The, the, there was an additional reason I heard, uh, that his tone was just too dark. I haven't seen the movie that you, his, his movie that you mentioned, but he was going much darker with it. But I love the idea of everything being shuttered and, uh, he, he had all, yeah. he, all the boats were still going to be there. The kids were going to go out on their boats, but the boats were all black and they were more like, mm-hmm. um, I think Carl Gottlieb had, the the idea to make it almost like an american graffiti style uh the, the kids right. are cruising around in their cars you know um mm, yeah but on the sea uh and and all the boats were painted black and and when they when they uh got uh the new director you know swark in uh everything got lightened and the mood of of the film became more fun and and uh so yeah
0: i don't like what they do with brody it's not because i don't want to see him Go through, you know, trying to work out his trauma, but he doesn't have any allies on the island Mm. and they position him as being a full on crazy cray, but he's got no one to turn to. And they're also a bit half arsed with it. Like for me, if you're going to go down that route, then they should have, they should have really committed to that being the story. The teenager stuff feels like a kind of. An annex or a bolt on to yeah. that story mm-hmm. and they don't quite marry up. And my other examples in kind of franchises that did this was Rocky five and the Godfather part three. Hear me out, okay. listeners. You're probably like, what? I don't know why you sound like uh, an old raspy lady. <laughs> I don't know why you sound like George
1: Costanza's mom, <laughs> but,
0: but Rocky five. Rocky falls on hard times. Sly wants to get the character back to the original. Very difficult to do when he's made lots of money. But they do it, and it's a bit of a bummer.
1: Hey, found my old jacket.
0: (laughs) Hey, you still singing round a dumpster fire? Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But they also want to bring in Tommy Gunn as a new character, and all these other new characters the movie doesn't have the time to do both.
1: And a heavy teen subplot with the kid getting a fishbone earring and whatever.
0: Godfather 3, we're watching Michael Corleone literally under the weight of his sins trying to redeem himself. But we're also trying to introduce a new Godfather in Andy Garcia. The movie doesn't have time to do both. And I feel like Jaws 2 has a similar issue. In a way, the, the bravest choice would have been that he was actually mad. You know, go for one, one floor over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. <laughs> By the end, you just <laughs> take him away in a straight jacket. They're not going to mm. do that movie. But what I did enjoy was it's like the prototype for like your open water and the shallows. It's just that that movie is like 30 minutes of Jaws 2. And that could have been the whole movie, in my opinion.
2: Well, if the two, the two criticisms there, I mean, if I'm playing devil's advocate, the, the bit on the beach where, sean helps his dad collect all the bullet casings is actually my favorite mm. uh, scene in the movie because it reminds me of my favorite scene in jaws which is the mimicry around the the dinner table with him and his son and i think that bit is is him going crazy it reminded me of like take shelter a little bit like yeah uh, he's he's convinced there's a shark out there no one believes him but th- this thing's really really coming i'm t- take shelter becomes more um uh, metaphorical, uh, arguably, but, um, uh, that, that's one of my favorite things in, in Jaws. So he goes crazy to, to a degree, but he's not crazy. So they kind of get away with it. And then the other thing you mentioned was the kids on the boats and being a, 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 a bolt on and it is and it plays like that. But I think what the, the link in was that it was his kids, his kids are on those boats, not just random kids. Mm. Um, and, and some of the sequels that actually work. Particularly the James Cameron stuff, the maternal instinct stuff. So maybe uh, the chief taking care of his family and protecting them under the threat of the shark is something that could have worked. Debatable whether it does work in Jaws 2. I'm probably with you, Galley, that it's it does feel a bit bolted on.
0: That works in the in a, if this is if Jaws two is the original. I don't think it works if it's the sequel though. We've already seen him mm. do that journey. That's that's my point. Is there's a, not a betrayal of the character. But if we're going to do the same journey, but with a slightly different flavor, and mm-hmm. we're going to remove the elements from the original that, you know, Quince, Hooper, their dynamic. You starting to hollow out this movie that is really just about shark attacks.
2: Are we in rehash territory, if we do?
0: Well, we're, we are. we are now beholden to the set piece. So everything feels like waiting for the set piece. And unfortunately, mm. the filler is not all that killer i
2: quite like the um the red herring of what is it there's a red herring before the water skier um what am i thinking of what's the bit immediately before oh, the water skier
1: not is it the bit where where mike's on his weird parasailing thing oh like that's right in his ass in and out of the water is that mike i think they keep saying mike
2: oh wow so look I, like well, I didn't even tie that together. i think
1: people keep i think people keep saying mike's
2: name it's better if that. it is mike but i don't know why we don't see his face but that's 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 your Swark's mm. problem i suppose but I, yeah. I, I like the suspense of that sequence and i really believe that something's going to happen there and then all of a sudden it doesn't and we cut out to the water skiing which is for my money yeah. the best uh, sequence in the in a uh, set piece we should say uh yeah uh, in uh although I, I don't think it's quite worthy of the first. That one and Tina and Eddie are probably my top two in terms of suspense that, that is almost worthy of the first without the Spielberg special source.
1: The, I I, re, I do really like the underwater camera um, catching up on the wake of the boat. Yeah, I think that's a nicely put together sequence. That's in the, like the making of. Is, there was a know. special
2: rig that was built for that. If you watch the making of yeah. on YouTube in our uh, playlist at okay. Rewind Movie Cast dot com you can you can uh have a look at that there's a two-parter on on youtube it's actually quite detailed in terms of the technical aspects of the film which was surprising but um yeah it was a hard shot to get that one it looks quite cool my favorite shot in the water skiing sequence is the way the uh the fin pops up and it's accompanied Mm. by it kind of pops up in the foreground of the frame and the john williams score kind of gives it a bit of a kick there i I quite like that
0: Hold, hold on to it a bit too long though don't they <laughs> they milk
2: it a bit yeah it's it's a decent set piece but it's not Spielbergian is it
0: I guess I get that it was hard to to achieve that shot but there is such a thing as cutting your darlings it was a it mm. stayed on that fin for a, just a bit too oh, long for if, if we're more. cutting
2: our darlings I think we go we go to the bit where the guy kind of is, is attacked when he's uh diving for lobsters you know there's there's like a, a dive, oh, yeah. diving group yeah. that goes on way too long there's no suspense and he sort of comes up and gets the bends And, uh, you know, yeah, it doesn't, I don't really buy that. I don't really buy that. A problem
1: I had was that the, of the attack sequences, two of them are attacking people wearing full scuba gear and masks. It is infamously bad and infamously difficult to express facial, uh, uh, reactions, while completely covered in and your face, the and same also sound being Unable to make a sound. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the same like, blah, 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 blah. dubbed
2: on sound. Blah, 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 blah And it's used it's, every time. It's all you can do. Yeah.
1: So um, that's that's a shame. There, there was a sequence from I the original it,
2: that I I forgot to mention in the other podcast where um, Spielberg wrote uh, that a, a, a captain was going to go down to the harbor to clean out his coffee cup. I don't think I talked about this. And uh, you you start to see uh, all of the keels of the boats uh getting hit by something and the masts one mast starts swaying and then another mast starts swaying and uh the the harbour master goes down to clean out his coffee cup and he gets taken by the shark and it was one of the ones that got uh was never shot but it was conceived by spielberg there's nothing like that in two at all there's nothing there's no build
0: i'm i'm so glad you just told me that because i can now visualize that and that is just great cause and effect yeah in this cause and effect is shark comes in from the side I'll get a petrol can, tip it all over myself,
2: and fire a
0: flare gun. It's just not quite the same thing, is it? it, it no. It's you know funny, yeah, but not terrifying. I mean,
2: you wonder if that stuff came from the shark not working as well. We we always go back to that, and we, we don't. Spielberg's um, set pieces that he conceived, like the wife's holiday roast with the the jetty getting pulled out, we've we, we've waxed the car to death, but there's. A case of like, we can show the fin here, we can show the top of the shark and we can uh, tilt up from it and see the boats. We can we can see into the mouth of the shark. We don't care that we're showing you the hydraulics inside, but we're going to show you literally everything. I think it was 20, 25 minutes in and we'd already seen as much of the shark as we'd already seen in in over two hours of the first movie. So
1: one advantage of that uh, set piece though, of setting him on fire, which they said was that they needed to, they felt they needed the shark to look different so by burning and scarring the shark, it's like, well, that's even scarier because now it's a shark with a scar. Now, setting aside <laughs> the uh, Hollywood tradition of putting a scar on somebody and assuming that that means they're evil. And naming um, it Celtic. <laughs> chopper. <laughs> um, is that it It kind of speaks to a um, a fundamental problem that it would appear that the executive class of this film had in understanding what this film was or maybe they did understand what this film was and what they understood this film to be was always going to be product rather than great cinema because um from kind of from top down from getting that kind of initial kind of dark vision of the town and then deciding people don't want to be bummed out the cinema right? <laughs> so we're not going to show them and we're not going to show them a depressed town but you don't have time to rewrite this so everything still happens it's just that now it doesn't mean anything the the it, we still open at the uh at the gala opening of a hotel but it doesn't mean anything it's just a place for the characters to meet. And then we go on to the next thing. The kids are still going to be running around on sailboats, but it's just because they're happy-go-lucky kids who love sailboats. Like, yeah. So you've lost the resonance, but you've kept the, the form that the actual, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And, um, so this idea of like, well, the kid, they, the, the kids like the shark. So more shark attacks, hmm. uh, the shark's scary, but what if we fuck up its face? oh, it's scarier now. Um, there, there was uh, one other thing that I found that was really telling about the, the making of, which is that uh, another way that uh, John D. Hancock did not ingratiate himself to the higher-ups was that he did not see a great... Uh, amount of screen time envisioned for Ellen Brody mm. uh, Lorraine mm. Gary Drew bad, bad in Universal married to Sid Sheinberg the uh, yeah. former head of Universal Pictures infamously the head of Universal Pictures who refused to release Terry Gilliam's Brazil
2: and wanted to call back to the future spaceman from Pluto and uh, when when he when he suggested that they change the name uh, Spielberg famously sent a memo to him saying that That, that suggestion was really funny. We all got a big kick out of it and it shamed him into, (laughs) into silence.
1: Uh, So, you know, so Hancock's out and, and lo and behold, Lorraine Gary now hangs around for large swathes of the remainder of the film, not really doing
2: much. Like a parrot on his shoulder. That's it. She does nothing.
0: This spoke to my kind of betrayal of their relationship. So I was like, well, okay, if we're going to hint that she's interested in this other guy who wears, by the way, an atrocious wig. I mean, <laughs> uh, what's that line in Cable Guy when Matthew Broderick's like, hair plugs, hair, hair plugs, <laughs> hair plugs. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's got like a rat on his head. What is that? Like it's incredible. Anyway, so we, so she's cozying up to this other council member. It's maybe, you know, cause she's not, no longer going to be uh, just a suburban housewife. She wants to go out and get her own career. Do something with that then. Don't just have it like, but don't worry, Martin, you're the best. It's like, well, no, it can't be one of two things. And as you say, it's just dead screen time. Matt, when you're going through uh, the the plot summary, you are mentioning all the teenagers, I only recognize them through my funny associations with other people too.
2: But I, I tried to hint at that when I said um, curly-haired girl. I, I tried to hint at the fact that she had no development
0: at, at, at all. But Fat Garth uncle is just <laughs> the annoying guy. You know what I mean? Like, he is just the annoying guy who is too old to be a,
2: a 17-year-old. How guy. he doesn't get eaten, I, I don't know. He's fodder, that guy.
0: So here's a question. I have read through reviews, Jaws 2 is a slasher because they knew slashes were in. Well, Halloween's the same year, later on, I guess. I am not going to give Universal that much credit. I think it's probably in the zeitgeist, more like, that we want to appeal to the youth market.
1: They would have looked at the uh, at the exits, right? They would have had some... Some guy would have mimeographed some old, like, uh, tick sheet that, you know, they would have had a, an, an exec sitting at the back of the theatre, you know, six months down the line when Jaws is still playing. It's like, who's keeping this box office going? these kids are 12, 13 through 17. So it's like, well,
0: that's, that's what we need then. That's what we need, yeah. And, and that, that that instinct has been there since the dawn of time, but certainly since probably the 80s, is, well, the demographic that's got expendable cash, will watch movies more than once. Again, I'm talking to my younger self here too, and we'll keep going back, is, is the, the younger demographic.
2: Well, somebody said that the kids, uh, they listened to the, what the kids were saying when they came out of the screenings and one of them said, uh, Jaws eats a helicopter. And, and that was like one of the, the pieces of feedback that they got. The the kids wanted a shark to eat a helicopter in the sequel to Jaws and, and they, they got it.
0: <laughs> they call the shark Jaws. That's, that's when you know you've got a hit. <laughs> yeah.
2: Jaws, Jaws the
0: shark. I don't think Jaws 2 you could attribute as codifying slashes. It's more like this is a monster movie in a monster movies of old. There's lots of death. You know, we talked in, in the, in the, the Jaws episode, how, you know, Spielberg elevated what was a pulp novel.
2: I, I think there would have been more of a case for the, the, the slasher, um, thing if, if more kids got killed as well. And it was a bit more graphic. Yeah. They, they, they don't, they barely take anyone out. There's the one girl, which is my favorite death actually was, was when, um, she put Sean on top of the, upturned yeah. bow and she just gets munched you don't see anything yeah. but the it's the score there that's that's quite good john williams is really propping this thing up at times
0: and and obviously acoustic guy as well he but like those those are deaths that
1: um that have like resonance because there's other characters around for that to actually it's it's a it's a sequence as opposed to just a, a jolt so you know the he has to swim back to the boat. He's not going to make it. He grabs onto the side. He's all fucked up. He rips part of the boat off as he gets pulled down. That's kind of awful. That's horrible. And then later she sells the terror very well. I think like for the, the it's one of the times when this you know teens getting offed by shark actually plays. It's just that it's so few and far between, and you are stuck with these. Jerks for so long before that. <laughs> that. The the structure of of how it ended up was maddening. This is not a two hour film. They stretched material mm-hmm. to two hours. It's an hour at the point at which uh, Brody wakes up in bed in the golden kind of uh, light, and they decide to go out. and And Mike and and Sean have already decided to go off on the boat. That's a full hour which is just kids are on the boats brody's looking for the kids
2: yeah in in the first movie i, I didn't get the stop watch out because but i just kind of know on this one it, uh if it's a two hour film jaws, jaws is just over two hours and uh they go out to hunt the shark about an hour in so i think it could be a ws technique of looking at the running time of the original and trying to hit the beats
0: it's the illusion of difference isn't
2: it on predator 2 devlin was more of a proponent for just getting to it because we know what the predator looks like and we know how he functions and things like that. And I was back then I was kind of leaning more towards let's make this a standalone thing and let's try and milk some suspense and and not show him immediately. But I I think you're right. I think this is, this should be a 90 minute film and we should take into account that everyone's seen Jaws and uh, that would really help us out a bit because it it did drag a bit for me. We used the word sluggish on our chat when we were discussing our rewatch of this one and there were just moments that that could have been excised completely or that just could have been sped up it's a 90 minute film all day long
1: there's um there's a couple of tech, techniques that he used and it's montaging cuz you, you need some montage and the so there was establishing beach montage <laughs> which goes on for an Dreadful. extremely long time i hate that bit uh, i hate that bit even
2: the music it, i don't it, like it's it, too whimsical there yeah, nothing works
1: it's so and in in it's kind of um It's like a uh, like a uh, educational film because the music shifts to each individual shot. So Mm -hmm. like a kid puts mustard on his hot dog and it sounds like mustard. And it's a kid swaying.
2: Yep. And it's it's kind of all all in tune.
1: And then three very 70s bottoms go wobbling by. Yes. (laughs) And it holds on that shot for a very long time. And you get like a like a bass drum and like a big like a a tuba Mm -hmm. kind of sound. Yeah. I was like, this is so strange. I found it very egregious and weird. And then we had at least three, um, jaunty sailboat montages with Mm -hmm. the kids. Mm. We had it at the start. We had it when they go out. And then we had another one when they're already out at sea, Mm. same music, the big adventure kind of score, but it doesn't work this time because it's not three guys on a mythical adventure quest. It's just a bunch of people we don't really know or care about. And, um, i i just wonder why (laughs) (laughs) like when you're putting the third montage in to show the same thing that we already know is happening i wonder what the thought process is like why they wanted this long i would have thought cut it down brutal put another show in per day this you charge the same it's still a nickel or whatever to go see a film <laughs> in 1978. So. I,
0: I, I thought the same, Davlin. I thought uh, any ed- editor worth their salt would would be like... Yeah, where's Werner well, Fields when you need her? A- we've <laughs> we've mm-hmm. seen this information already. Or, what's your intent then? Are we trying yeah. to juxtapose what it's, oh, what a lovely day at the beach it can be when there isn't a killer shark there? I mean, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like, literally, the messaging's all confused as well because it doesn't dogpile on Brody either because it's got nothing to do with Brody. The fact that everyone's having a wonderful time. It should be that there's some cause and effect to his madness, but there isn't really. When he shoots up that beach, they just talk about, you know, what could have happened. And I think they're within some investors. Yeah. But we mm, should have yeah. heard how those investors pulled out because of it. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was just like they could have, but they won't because, you know, we'll, we'll, they'll take one or two shootings on a beach before they'll pull their investors. But
1: again, it's, <laughs> it's in the script from a time when that actually, mattered in the script because the town was was fucked and the shores development needed to work and they Mm -hmm. needed investors and that's brody ruining the town that he's supposed to be protecting and it, it gives everyone so much more of a motivation if that's the case if the if the mayor has to ignore the fact that there is definitely another shark because he has to make a horrible decision which is like this town is fucked another shark like publicly will kill it stone dead Mm. so maybe it would it would give the mayor and the town council a reason to do something awful which is to not tell the general public yeah but you know not just because they're negligent not just because they don't want to believe it but this time they know it but they literally are willing to kind of potentially put people at risk because the, the they have another it's like any kind of villain needs to have a genuine motivation that, from their perspective, makes them a good guy.
0: Exactly, and and that's why I couldn't necessarily get on board with the way that Brody is treated in the film. Why would Brody then put himself through this ringer? And why am I watching? What you know? Why do I want any of these people to be saved? They're clearly yeah. just like fucking dumbasses. As opposed to, as you say, Devlin, understanding the struggles and the the tough decisions. Plus, gotta say. Kudos to the writers, though, for bringing back uh, Mayor, Mayor Vaughan, because that is politics in 2022.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's George Bush getting in again. But the yeah. the <laughs> the, the, uh, the bit where he he doesn't vote against Brody, it could be a deleted scene, I'm not too sure, but uh, there's a scene where they all go into that back room and Brody waits uh, and they all vote him out apart from Mayor Vaughan he's the only one who, who, who wants to keep
0: him on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, which was, was interesting. And leading on from what Dev just said about the darker incarnation of it, that didn't really come to fruition. Uh, you could have made it a bit more nihilistic with the kids too. Like if, if there's no hope in this town, you know, these kids aren't doing anything. They're kind of bad kids. They're drinking, they're going out illegally mm-hmm. doing stuff. And you could just make, make it more interesting and darker on, on that level.
0: Exactly, Matt. It could be metaphorical. He's saving his son from the shark, but he's also saving his son from himself. There's a line where he said, well, there's nothing else to do in this in this place. But that
2: doesn't register. Saying it and seeing it are different things. We don't see it, do we? All,
0: yeah,
1: because all the kids are so kind of bland. And, you know, the worst thing that they get up to is drinking paper cups of Coca-Cola in yeah. boats. And one guy says, I'm going to take a <laughs> case of beer. Uh, no, okay, so we're going to meet at 8 a.m to go and drink your hot
0: beer. (laughs) Devlin, now that you've mentioned this, this darker and more realized world that we don't get in Jaws 2, maybe that explains why cousins are so exotic in Amity.
1: What is what is this Shelbyville? Somebody's attractive cousin.
0: She is wearing the <laughs> suit that that uh, Ben Stiller is wearing, and there's something about Mary when he goes to pick her up in the prom. It's like it's tan it's and tan
2: and taupe.
0: And then when she hmm. walks, uh, everyone's like that. Oh yeah, rubbing their knees, shooting stars style. Like oh god, yeah. yeah, look at that cousin. Plug <laughs> <laughs> it out. Hey Mike. Hi. Hi. Going out right away? No. Good. I want you
1: to meet my cousin. Look, don't worry. I'll meet her. I'll meet her.
2: Okay, Tom, see you later. Same time
1: Thursday.
2: Hey, Andy, over here. See you guys later. What do we
1: got? What's the problem? What is it? Rock! Rock!
2: Jackie! Hi! Quick, quick, quick. Who's that? I think I'm in love. I hope that's a cousin. Lucky, 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 lucky. Is now a good time to to try our new feature um, revolving around sequels and their pitfalls, Devlin? Uh, I will put you on the spot here. We don't want to call it yet, but um, perhaps we can think of something. I, I just noted down a few, um, not really do's and don'ts, uh, but I okay. I fr- them as questions, so maybe they'll lead to uh, to something. Right. So I'll I'll pose the first one to you and see if uh, see if anything okay. comes of it um did you feel like this one uh, continued the story or did it just repeat it ooh this is uh, this is a good question um i
1: mean it kind of repeats it hmm. it's uh, uh, it, it repeats it but in a strange way so um the 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 interesting part about brody's um journey in the first film is that he was not afraid of sharks he was afraid of the water and he learned about sharks and it freaked him the fuck out and mm. we learned along with him and that was a a great vehicle for his character development and our um we were literally in some cases with the shot of the glasses seeing through his eyes right. what he's seeing um in this instance we i don't really know what his take on this is I don't know what he intends to do other than fire blindly into the sea. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's no learning to be done. There's no great plan. and um, But yeah, we, we've not really given any new information. We, it's like we're replaying a small part of his character from the end of the first film and dropping into a, in, him into a slightly unpleasant situation and then just kind of stretching what should be a little snippet of the story out into its own elongated version. And so, yeah, I would say it's repeating, but repeating with diminishing effect. It's not even repeating the whole story. It's repeating a sliver of the story.
2: Right. Interesting. Would you like another? You did very well with that one. That that one kind of leads into the next one. Uh, did it stand alone as a self-contained film unto itself?
1: Oddly, kind of it does. Mm. I guess by dint of not actually engaging with the original film in any kind of meaningful or interesting way, so it's actually to the detriment of the film that it doesn't really. Um, they don't really mention the seventy-five shark attack. They don't mention the fiftieth regatta.
2: Right. The Orca the thing the is term, just kind of hidden. If you know, you know. Uh, yeah. He's.
1: You know. You see his trophy you know once you start hitting the second act drag the lowest ebb when he's you know when he knows he's he's gonna lose his job and Mm -hmm. you start with the man of the year trophy and then you and then you pan across to his face looking really miserable at his desk it's not a bad scene it's actually quite cool but it's a it's a sliver of a moment again Mm. um so yeah it does stand alone but purely by dint of not really interestingly (laughs) engaging with one of the most famous films of all time. I'd
0: argue that when you've got such a strong original and you're going to bring back the main character, the hero character from it that you, I know that it goes against uh, James Cameron's best wishes, but actually he, he kind of breaks his own rule as well. Aliens can stand alone from alien, Mm. but he does, he does acknowledge the first one in the scene in the boardroom when She's being chastised for blowing up yeah. the the mm. Nostromo. In this, he's not given I actually think it's credit to um to Murray Hamilton that in the scene he you can see him conflicted when he knows everyone knows what they need to do, which is they need to fire Chief Brody. Mm. But I know that from the original, but anyone watching it would just be like he's a bit of an indecisive one, this mayor.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but, but we know he's, he's really trying to kind of give him a bit of mercy and say, we'll go in this other room and fire mm-hmm. him, and then we'll let you know, as mm-hmm. opposed to just doing it there in front of him.
1: If this turns out to be what I think it is, because there won't be anybody here. Yeah, now, Martin, let's not... Uh... Let's not what, Larry? What? Oh, Jesus, Larry, huh? Come on, let's just forget it. He won't listen. It's obvious the man has made up his mind. You bet your life I've made up my mind. But I'm telling you and I'm telling everybody at this table that that's a shark. And I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up
0: close... And you better do something about this one because I don't intend to go through that hell again.
1: Martin, could you wait here for a minute? For what? Please just have a seat while we look at the picture and make up our own minds.
2: And I've got one more for you. Um, Did this film fall into the trap of increasingly preposterous leaps in logic to keep our characters in the same situation as the previous film?
0: It is guilty as charged, Matt. Yes.
2: Yeah. That was for you, Gally. <laughs> I think, Thank I think, you. you know, a lot of these franchises struggle with that and, and Alien we've discussed. Um, it, 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 I don't know if it feels preposterous to me. I think Alien Resurrection was the point where things started to really stretch for me beyond that, that trilogy. Um, but here, yeah, to, to get Brody and the shark together again, it, that the, the leaps in logic are, uh, are, huge.
0: Let's talk about Roy Scheider and, before we talk about him and his contractual obligation to do this, we've mentioned him in passing. Jene Schwark, listeners, not a name that that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> one more, one more not, time
1: a now. That, not a name that any one of us
0: is going <laughs> to be able to. Oh I know that. I wrote it down I phonetically. You, Are
2: you ready?
0: Thank Je- you very much. Je- Je- no. Je- no. Nice. I
2: had to write it down phonetically because I I had no clue.
0: I apologize to the Schwark estate. For
2: one wrong. <laughs> Santa Claus the movie forever.
0: Yeah, so not not his first rodeo on the show. He did no, Santa friend. Claus the movie. Yeah, friend yeah. of the show. Mm. Uh, Supergirl, you ever watched that one? I did. Oh, I
1: used to watch Supergirl loads when I was a kid. Mm, yeah. I have no idea why. I, <laughs> It's not good.
0: But there was a bit of back and forth between him and Roy, and it made me think about, like, other times when directors have been quite combative, quite um, strong in their views, but they're normally more high profile. Is probably the fairest way of saying it. Like, I'm all about like the courage of your own convictions, but he's there's a letter you might put it on Twitter that he sends to Roy Scheider in response to Roy basically saying that he thought he was a bully on set and he wasn't very good, and also that he wouldn't listen to Roy's ideas which, to be honest, I think Roy might have been sloth through a lot of this movie. So I
2: I did see Jeannot Swalk bully some of the elves behind the scenes on uh, Santa Claus the movie. If you watch the making of, he's uh, Mm -hmm. very heavy-handed with those elves.
0: Well, he's had the audacity to kill Santa. I mean, (laughs) it tells you what kind of guy he is. He kills him in the first ten minutes. So, yeah. (laughs) Or does he? Or does he? Well, there we go. (laughs) But but yeah, so he sends him a letter basically kind of passively, aggressively saying, Roy, get back in your box, which I thought was fun. <laughs> get back in your box. Such a high back. profile back and forth. I mean, David, have you, have you seen the letter? It's, it's very... I've not,
1: but it's, I'm, I'm currently reading um, uh, uh, William Goldman's, uh, um, what's it called? Adventures in the Screen Trade, which I've been meaning... Which I've been meaning to read for many years, and there was an anecdote that came up in that, whereby Roy Scheider came out of it looking like an absolute gent, and he seems to get praised throughout the book as being like a true professional, of which people don't hear bad things. And this is written in the eighties, post Jaws, too. I've always thought that Scheider seemed like a like a solid dude. Also, if you ever looked at Roy Scheider's Wikipedia and seen his boxing record, what the fuck is Janosz Walk thinking? Yeah, Roy Scheider knocked out a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> wiry, isn't he? Sinewy. Re- yeah, I really, really don't know whether this guy is going to come out on top. you talked game, about his cauliflower so.
2: ear on the drink along on the Jaws drink along. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a big time boxer.
1: Yeah, you know the 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 nose has been broken many times. You can tell, like, yeah, uh, so uh, that is a strange uh, a strange one. And you're right in that it's unusual for a replacement director on a somewhat troubled production to be thrown his weight around quite so much with the star who they had to drag to set.
0: Well, I guess it speaks again, you know, for, for listeners of a certain age who are listening here, who who follow the, the turmoil that happens in films nowadays, the directors are super disposable. Whereas I guess this shows that and obviously they'd already got rid of one, but that is the classic creative, you know, creative differences. But a lot of power and weight in those wooden chairs of theirs. Um, and and I guess he's, you know, he's throwing it about. But Roy, let's talk about Roy. So contractually obliged to do this because he walked off the set of Deer Hunter, which, to be fair. Mm. I don't blame him. Uh, he probably <laughs> valued his life more than the movie. Uh, you know, it came out as a yeah, it's a great it's a great film. I, I really enjoyed the. Yeah, he didn't it, have to
2: do that but, river rapids scene that nearly killed him. Yeah,
0: uh, I would I would suggest that the you know, if I were an actor and I thought longevity was my key, I probably would have passed on it. It would have been
2: interesting to see him in that though. Although, and I guess it was the De Niro role, was it?
0: I would have thought De Niro, and I wouldn't have thought it would be the walk Walken's very. Like, no. Walking feels like the only person who could be in that movie.
2: It could have been the Kazal role, but I don't, because Kazal was ill, but I don't, I don't really know, but I don't think anyone knew though at that point. So yeah, I, I wouldn't replace anyone on that film. So I, I think, um, you know, it worked out for everyone.
0: But yeah, Universal then said to Roy, well, tell you what, we'll give you some of the back end. And even though mm. you've got a two movie deal with us, if you just do Jaws 2, we'll, we'll call it quits. I mean, his performance in this, He's got a bigger tan. He looks more tanned <laughs> than he ever did before. Um, I,
2: I I have a controversial um, Ham Neil award for his drunk acting. Uh, I'd I'd throw throw his hat in the ring for when he's um I mean he, his his drunk acting in the first dum, one isn't amazing.
1: Yeah. He
2: really pushes it when he's talking about dog dirt and muggers in the first one when he's on he's on Hooper's boat and he's yeah. just got the wine in his hand, but he he really yeah. goes for it in this one at the point where he's singing and uh,
1: yeah. This is going to work better on you than on me because you're a snappier dresser. Oh, hey, we're drinking the good stuff. How about a toast? A toast to the new chief. Yeah. Come on, Alan. The new chief is going to need all the luck he can get. No? Okay. We'll do it together. A toast to the new chief. Hail to the
2: chief. Come on, drink for Christ's
1: sake. It's a milestone in your career. But does that then mean that that would have been better? Although it's the, the time span isn't really long enough, to, would it have been better to pair him with somebody younger that he could then be all grizzled to? oh are you because, saying like
2: a buddy cop movie with jeffrey kramer what? yeah hendrix yeah. Hendricks and brody <laughs> yeah.
1: i guess i mean that would work although hendrix i don't know if he works because of course hendrix is a local and he actually understands the town and right he's the outsider but i don't know i mean like once again marooning brody with nobody really to play no, off no allies. In, mm-hmm. yeah there's no any, hooper to bounce any off any yet at all is
2: there this nothing yeah
1: it kind of you know it it makes it difficult to know what it is that he is exactly up to he's always great to watch and he's always like you know a a very warm screen presence but
2: when he talks to ellen in the bathroom when he's he's covering his uh cyanide um bullets that he's Mm -hmm. just made she says do you want to talk about it do you want to and and, and he doesn't confide anything in in her so perhaps it needed to be a man at that point perhaps it needed to be a, a a you know, a, a counterpart or a, a buddy of some sort that he would he could confide in. It's really missing Hooper. That's yeah. when I noticed it.
0: So, Matt, I am on a floating pontoon. I've just gone past the lighthouse that I would have loved to have spent with the cousin, but unfortunately, <laughs> we floated by. I'm at the junction box. There's some cables, and I see two critics over there on a boat coming towards me.
2: These are getting longer.
0: Let's go to critics' corner.
2: Y- y- this is going to be shorter than your intro because it's, it, uh, they both hated it. Uh, Siskel said it's a, it's a cheap imitation of the original. And Ebert said it's pure trash, uh, sloppy, no suspense, yeah. just teenagers been eaten. And, uh, we all know how they feel about the slasher genre, which this is kind of beginning to lean into. So, uh, albeit unintentionally, as we've, as we've said. So it wasn't a surprise that they hated it, but that's it. They just didn't like
0: it. No gratuitous nudity though, is there really apart from the teen queen? Oh, the kids in, in peril.
2: peril. I bet you didn't like that oh
0: the, uh, he mind in that, yeah. he's in peril he's in peril uncle has got him wrapped around the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah call oh, him God.
2: pink
1: broccoli that's sorry his, that's pink broccoli yeah you know what we what we didn't dis- what we didn't discuss mm. the actual ending of the film I and mean, we 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 you know we we mentioned that you know he jumped on the cable and that, yeah. that it was a lesser but like
2: was any good <laughs> um i i mentioned on the early ones as a kid i would judge these films purely on the death of the shark yeah. and uh this was always quite high i mean it, there's something quite okay. evocative as a, as a kid of actually seeing this thing cooked on a power line that was kind of fun yeah. to me um three always played quite lame i can't even remember i think it's incinerated i don't yeah. want to spoil anything for anyone
0: hold on matt hold on matt you so in three you don't like the death where it just drowns in the wrong water that's a great
2: <laughs> Yeah. As, as a kid, it didn't quite it stack up against the others. In, the
0: temperature it... isn't correct.
2: <laughs> it dies. That's not a Jaws death, is it? Yeah. The first one's a, a killer explosion. The fourth one, uh, broken mm-hmm. bow of a, a boat skewering it and it roars, uh, and not in a cool Jaws 1975 way in in a kind of a Michelle like, Pfeiffer Catwoman way. Yeah. yeah. B, B movie, <laughs> monster
1: movie way. Yeah, I sure hope that image doesn't awaken something in me galley <laughs> <laughs> i
2: i i didn't like the cutting uh while we're on it i, I didn't like the um the, the frenetic sort of um when it gets electrocuted that they, they tried to echo that in the editing and it just it just looked cheap and, and
1: i gotta it. say we we watch i had been a long time since i seen it we watched it the other night a couple of nights ago we laughed mm-hmm. we laughed at
2: the, the smoke coming out it. the eyes is hilarious
0: it's great is it mm. I mean that 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 is akin to Looney Tunes and smoke out the ears. And if Shorts <laughs> had ears, there would have been smoke coming out of it.
1: It's quite it's quite long. The build up to it is quite long.
2: <laughs> if it cuts to Ralph mouth, he's just looking at his watch. Like, is it dead yet? Yeah.
1: The um the 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 papier mâché island that they're next to is very <laughs> <yours> <laughs> oh, to derived. Yeah. i having been on jaws the ride oh it's i had got, trivia there they, they had to
2: build that because of the the nature of an island it kind of um the, mm. the, 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 the the way the ground kind of comes out beneath the water there's no way you could put a shark near that because of the hydraulics involved so it did have to be built and that's why it looks Papier mache looks exactly like that <laughs> it's just
1: why would you put, I don't know why it would be there
2: no <laughs> just it's cable a rock, just a
1: rock full of, a rock full of electricity but fairly mm. mm. um yeah, they, they tried. How about
2: G- Gallia set up and pay off when uh, the old man of the sea and Hendrix pull up that first power line? Uh, better is- put that back down unless you want to cause a goddamn power cut on the island.
0: How's that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's... No good? <laughs> it's, 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 it's fine. I, I was more bothered by how um, electric cables sound if you smack it with a wooden paddle. <laughs> Crashing
1: the boat into the island is very funny. <laughs> I That's really,
0: really like, this. It's
2: like. He's going about. Yeah, no worries, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's barely moving, <laughs> and then he he covers his face and and duck, ducks for cover, <laughs> even though the thing's barely moving.
0: Caught Corner when when somewhere else there, didn't it? Um, here's one. Here's one though, just in case. Um, you know, because I don't. What's the general consensus on Jaws Two? Now, do people like it? Is it like?
1: beloved i think people will largely refer to it as the least worst of the sequels
0: yeah really the least worst
1: yes that that seems to be its reputation is that they basically go one two three four the general Mm -hmm. the general vibe seems to be that's how it goes like one a huge drop off to two a huge drop off to three and an enormous drop off to four like it's a very steep
0: Curve too,
2: but it's become a bit culty. It's a bit culty too. um Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I I struggle with that again because I don't think there's anything here that you could get culty about.
1: I I think a lot of it is just like it was made in a better period for filmmaking aesthetically. There's just something about like you know at least it was still the set. Like you said, Matt, that you know there as a kid you could probably get these confused for each other. Mm. There's so much that carries over that it's like you know unless you uh uh, are paying attention if you're if you're a younger kid and you're probably not seeing you know the 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 machinations of like a master filmmaker at work and you just want to see a cool movie about sharks it's largely aesthetically very similar and it sounds the same and it looks kind of the same and and So i don't know i mean obviously we've got two more films to go and i'm not sure whether my rankings will coincide with this
2: yeah mine are on the ropes after this actually mine mine are um
0: i'm a little bit worried about this series then if, uh, if the general consensus is one two three four um okay well well why don't we get to it then final thoughts on jaws 2 and would you recommend it to our listeners
2: uh my nostalgic love for this one is largely due to Shida as Brody he returns and that's all that mattered to me um it's not a worthy sequel at all it does fall short but you're falling short of what is arguably like not even arguably to me that the greatest film it's my favorite um I've probably just seen it too many times but I found parts of it boring on the rewatch it did drag we said uh, sluggish on uh, on the behind the scenes rewind chat that thankfully no one's privy to uh, in in the listening community um certain underwater sequences like where the diving team goes down for lobsters went too long for me uh, that whole s- sequence was neither here nor there uh like the suspense and the and the set pieces of the original it felt like happy days with a shark at times did you not think which i quite like happy mm-hmm. days and jaws so it was sort of works um they weren't all happy days matt no no Remember the time i had to watch twice (laughs) well yeah and and ralph mouth didn't get eaten which was he was shark bait right from the beginning i don't know what happened um this was a really good rewind for me because i thought i loved this film more than i actually do it's still a bit of a comfort watch because i saw it so many times and it does still transport me back but i wanted more I, I, I thought maybe it's the second best killer shark movie ever made. I know Galley likes his deep blue sea, but disturbingly during this one, I started to think about Jaws the Revenge and how fun that is and how I'd rather be watching Michael Caine in uh, the Bahamas than, than some of the stuff. Okay. <laughs> but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this makes any sense. I, I'll try and articulate this. Or, or anyone listening too, but it, it dawned on me watching this, um, that some of the films we talk about on the podcast, I, I just thought it was real when I was a kid. I didn't intellectualize it as a film. My disbelief at, at that age was just non-existent. And it's, it's hard to describe, but the action that I'm watching taking place. I just imagine it was just happening and it was being filmed by multiple cameras. I do not even know if there were cameras there, I suppose. Nobody corrected me. Nobody really described what a film was back then. Um, I just quietly believed on a certain level that all of this stuff was real. And, and because of that, I trusted every image and believed everything, as ridiculous as that sounds. And in, in my mind, this was really happening. And I think that's why modern movies can't quite do it for me now because they can't compare to the things I saw as a kid when I was, I, I kind of had this fascination with, with, um, these, these films when I was a kid because they, um, they have a purity to them. Uh, I, I knew nothing about filmmaking and, and therefore I accepted them, but I'm not sure I can recommend it. I, I think you just go and watch Jaws. And, uh, if, if you, uh, if you're a completist then yeah check it out but um the first film is where it's at you know you can't you can't duplicate that Who's next Gally? you want to go next
0: I totally agree with everything you said about um the way that you consume films and certainly films that had sequels when you were younger you know I did the same Here's a guy who stands before you who still has unironic love for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 colon secret, secret of the, of use. the use yeah mm. yeah and teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 <laughs> why didn't they call it turtles go to japan or something but they don't <laughs> i don't know why turtle you know samurai samurai turtles oh yeah that's the, the
2: time traveling one is it
0: it is it's also yeah. the one where um you know the whole bulbous it's... eyes thing you know the mm. stigma since uh the age of nine five yeah, yeah. Mm. T- teenage mutant Angels turtles 3 if anyone <laughs> wants to see what that looks like <laughs> i think all the things that you mentioned about uh, the accessibility due to the fact that it it's got lots and lots of uh, connections to the original actually mm. harms this mm. to the point where i did not enjoy it um, i must say um because i didn't have any fun with it either so once once i'm in the in the realm of i don't like the direction and i don't like i certainly didn't like the execution the 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 picture that you gave, Devlin, that was the original idea. I'm interested in that movie. The problem with this is it's a halfway house between schlock, uh, creature feature, kind of teen movie, and you know, a character study in into a, into a man's trauma uh, and how how they deal with it. And they don't do anything with it. Um, and I think all of the filler scenes are just that. They they were empty, and I was very bored, I must say. Um, but I was jolted into action 15 minutes in when a woman blew herself up. But, <sighs> and I, the film needed more of that. It, it kind of needed more of that, to the point where the ending, with the electrical cable, I mean, I laughed because it was farcical. That wouldn't have been the intention. The intention would have been to be like, yes, the only thing that can stop a killer shark, if you don't have a gas canister and a, and a rifle, is a huge electric cable just didn't work for me. Um, but I did find it funny and the floating island made out of paper mache was straight out of Thunderbirds. So <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's, it's a not recommend. And I'm going to say strong not recommend as well. I know that might seem a bit harsh, but I think technically as well, it's a badly made movie, you know? So even, even at like the, just the base level, I just don't think this is very good at all. There'll be more, there's a multitude of reasons for that. I don't think Roy Shard is very good in it either. I just don't think Devlin said attention to detail and this film is severely lacking in that. Um, and it, it kind of paves the way for the idea for the next 20 years in cinema, certainly in Hollywood of just kind of cheap knockoff sequels that you just bang them out. And that's not necessarily the case because some sequels are great, but. That that idea was always in my mind as a teenager that the sequels will always be inferior. And they're not. And I think they have a discussion in Scream 2 about it. And you're like, well, you've got a hard-on for Cameron. Well, yes, I do enjoy Terminator 2 and Aliens. But there are some really good sequels out there. Jaws 2 is not one of them. Devlin, wrap it up for us.
1: Got to agree. It, it, it comes under the category of um inferior sequels. Uh probably into the Halloween 2 School of Inferior sequels. Mm, yes. um, may, overall, there's enough DNA carried over from one to the other that it actually makes it feel a bit worse because you know they've done better. Halloween 2 has... They do the long shots. It's still got the synths. It's still got Laurie. It's Michael's back. It's creepy and it's dark, but it's also... It, it, it lacks as this does momentum and suspense it's slow not stately it's not like it's not dragging out tension it's just slow uh it's not a classic it's just dated it's uh it it doesn't have as much personality as much as they try the 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 b-roll filler quasi-documentary sequences that crop up so much are the sound of John Williams straining his every sinew to inject some form of personality or joy into this thing which is just footage it's just randomly assembled footage in, in in places and that's kind of that ends up being the defining factor for this it it circles around aimlessly the second hour of the film where you should be ramping up sees Brody alone on a boat careening in the middle of nowhere literally lost and a bunch of kids stranded without being able to move literally lost everyone is literally drifting around in an endless expanse of nothing and that's not really how you want to uh do your big summer shark attack movie there shouldn't be such a lack of movement in 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 this film um having said all of that if it was on on a sunday i'd watch it sunday watch i don't th- i wouldn't do it on purpose i would have to be very very full of gravy i i would i would have to be in like in a in a bistro coma <laughs> three pints of flat beer down <laughs> but if it was on i'd probably watch it because it does have that columbo-esque 70s tv movie shot on film stoutness to it it's not very exciting and a couple of times it's going to be very funny mm a woman setting herself with the worst with the worst plan (laughs) the fact that she immediately reached for the petrol canister Mm -hmm. like oh a shark i will definitely have to burn this yeah she was completely doused in petrol she still thought she'd get away with it (laughs) she pulled out the flare uh that's very funny so yeah, I was surprised at how disappointed I was with it, to be honest. I expected a bit more of a debacle, and what I got was just really kind of a flaccid bit of a failure, which is a shame. Uh Spoilers for the next episode, I'm secretly a Jaws 3D apologist. Oh, maybe interesting. I've not seen it in a few years, a couple of years, but I
0: think it's fun. Maybe. Hmm. We'll see. Um, I will say this, though, listeners. If you are looking for an exciting sequence where somebody has a gun on a beach and is confronted with a shark, hmm. go watch Police Academy, Mission to Miami. That <laughs> yeah. is the better one.
2: <laughs> I'll have to correct That's... you there. It's assignment, Miami.
0: Oh, no. It's Mission to Moscow, of course. Yeah. The one that should we not don't, be... We don't go... Yeah. And we don't, we don't go, go to, to Moscow, Moscow anymore. No, we don't. Mm. What does he say?
2: Tackleberry says... uh cease and desist now mister to, to the shark and it does like a
0: sped up thing. just like that woman thought that petrol was the shark's worst enemy if i were confronted with a shark i would place the butt of my gun on its nose and i know that that would stop it mm. so yeah movies can be educational yeah. anyway um well, where can our listeners because this is my favorite bit when we i mean look we did get a recommendation his name is christopher dadlin but, yeah but where can our listeners, who want to veto against us, Matt, where can they find yours too? Uh,
2: in the USA, uh, it's available to rent on uh, Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo, uh, DirecTV, it's everywhere. And uh, you can buy it on a lot of those um, same platforms. Uh, in the United Kingdom, it's currently only streaming on um, Richard Branson's Infinity Infinity Go. Uh, which is Virgin Go, Virgin Media. And Virgin Media, yes. You can rent it and buy it in a bunch of places. Chili, Rakuten TV, Google Play, Apple, all the usual, uh, hotspots.
1: Uh, I had to, I had to buy this. My fucking Amazon purchase list is a shit show because of this fucking podcast. Oh, no. I don't own anything good on <laughs> Amazon Prime. Like, how's your algorithm? I, yeah. Oh. Utterly, utterly fucked. The rewind algorithm's crazy. I mean, this is the second Janot Schwark <laughs> film that I that I own outright.
0: Isn't it strange how I we've don't... done we've done two yellow Swarks and so we've <laughs> never done a Zemeckis, a Ramey, a Michael Mann, uh, you know I, we uh, are... I mean look
1: at this shit. Taken. Fucking Oh no. The Boondock Saints, I had to buy that.
0: Yeah, I had to buy Jesus. that one too. And I didn't even go on the show. Imagine that. Oh. I didn't even have a chance to <laughs> talk about it. Anyway, um, these are first world problems listeners. We are telling you to not buy it, but to, to get it on a free site like Mince Meat or Java or Voodoo, any of those.
1: Just wait, just wait for ITV4 to roll around. It'll be there. It's the best way to watch it, is to just sort of pop in.
0: Well, while we're trying to uh, sell people on the idea of doing something that they shouldn't, why don't we tell them about our merch, Devlin? Get yourself across to
1: rewindmoviecast.com. That's the website. As Matt previously mentioned, he's going to have another of his fantastic YouTube playlists. If you really want to deep dive into any of these films, virtually the entire catalogue now probably contains some form of youtube playlist which contains interviews behind the scenes featurettes trailers all kinds of goodies and and good times to be had there if you want to really immerse yourself in that head across to the tab that says shop and follow the link to t-mill that's devlindoesdrawing.tmill.com that's the t-mill store uh there are t-shirts sweatshirts various rewind movie podcast merchandise there's a uh a a new my third uh um female prisoner scorpion t-shirt has just been released uh i've got one more to go in that cycle we will be covering one of those films in the near future so stay tuned for that Mm -hmm. uh we also have a jaws t-shirt that's new oh yeah um quinn's favorite which is uh yeah we found uh the the naranga set lager so we made a little t-shirt based on that uh it's 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 very 1970s it's in a kind of sand color. yeah so you will look like you're ready to hit amity shores <laughs> and toe. Uh, Love it. And as gally mentioned uh scariest artists our very own scariest artist has a genuinely impressive amount of uh stickers uh up for sale on you've got the the auto adhesives range
2: yeah there are two uh, bundles of uh director's stickers now you can get five Uh, In bundle one and five in bundle two, your favorite directors, again, drawn by a child as their characters from uh, their most favorite films, for example, Stanley Kubrick as Joker in full metal jacket and uh terminator cameron is fantastic terminator cameron, yeah, yeah, things like that.
0: i'm looking forward to Geno schwartz as santa <laughs> as the hot yeah. cousin <laughs> that would be good also listeners um please do come uh, and check us out on the website as well we've got some wonderful written pieces along with the fact that you can listen to the episodes whilst you're at work whilst you're quiet quitting which is a new term for bare minimum Which is what we're all doing also, if you enjoy what we do, please like, share, subscribe. Pen is a little review. Spotify, Apple, Mincemeat, wherever you listen to us, okay? With that, we would really appreciate it. We'll say goodbye, so shall we, team? 908 means get me the hell out of here. It's Galley in Glasgow. Stay safe, everyone.
2: Bluefish! It's <laughs> Let's get out of here before we do find something. It's Matt. In South Korea. Thanks
0: for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you next time on the Rewire Movie Podcast. Danger, danger,
1: I've When we touch, when we
0: kiss,
2: danger, danger, I've got it. When we touch, when we kiss, when
0: we touch, danger, danger.